Hey everybody, and welcome to Season 7 of Reservations. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Cornelius Starfish. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we're, we're doing that again. Yeah, I miss it. I, you know, I, I miss doing it. That was, that was pretty fun. Uh, so yes, welcome to Season 7. We have missed you guys. Yeah, we have. You know, it's only been two weeks, but, you know, or three well, or whatever, but, you know, but, you know, we miss you guys. Yeah, well, for them, it's been a lifetime. That's yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> two or three weeks without us. Could you, know? you could you imagine? Nope. Like, if that, like, time <laughs> dilation was like that, like, for us, it's only been two weeks, but for the people listening and watching are like, it's been... Like the old woman rose gif, like it's been years. Oh my god, it's been eight. Hey, shout years. out to our <laughs> We Hate Movies episode. That's right. <laughs> the We Hate Movies episode. That's funny. Uh, it's just it's movies we hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, everyone. So here we are, season seven. Um, I am going to be doing the intros for season seven. Yeah. Uh, and Jeremy's going to bring back his fake. Making up names. Making up names, yeah. which means Future Rain has to make sure he's spelling it correctly now when it pops up on the screen. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a really good point because I don't think I've done it since we started doing video. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying stop. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm going. going to. Um, um, but, yeah, yeah. So, before we get into the episode, dude, we saw the Batman. We saw the Batman. Um. Yeah. So Jeremy and I got tickets to a special fan uh, event at uh, our local movie theater. Um, we got to see it 24 hours earlier. Actually, no, 48, because usually midnight premieres aren't until Thursday now. Right. So we got to see it two days before everyone else did. Yeah. <sighs> it was so cool. It was it so good. Awesome. Um, we are not going to spoil it for no, anyone. No, spoiler uh, free t- review. It's amazing. Go see it. That's pretty much it. Everyone kept asking me, like, are y'all going to talk about it? It's like, look, we usually stay away from movies that are in theaters. Not because if we enjoyed it, like Dune, I was fully ready. F- like, I was like, man, we should totally do an episode over Dune. But here's the thing we need time to actually sit and comprehend what we just witnessed. Yeah. And even though I'm willing to do it, because I'm going to see the Batman again. Yeah, I probably, I mean, I will probably. Relative to this recording, I'm seeing it on Sunday. Cool. Um, But, like, at the same time, that means we have to pay for movie tickets again. And yeah, we would have to really, like, mm-hmm. pay attention. And and I would need to write stuff down. And it's, and it's hard to do that with movies in theaters. So It is. I can. I, I used to, um, when I was in college... Uh-huh. Uh, I went to college. Uh, it's not a brand. <laughs> oh, wait, did you go to college? I did. Um, in was my, it Texas Tech? It was. <laughs> in my horror movie class, uh, I kind of horror movie class. Uh, it's not a brag. Uh, <laughs> we would do um, these these days where we would watch a movie in class, and then we would have to... The, the deal was we would have to tweet, right? Uh, uh-huh. There was a special whatever and like that the professor had control over whatever and we would just tweet our thoughts and things my my phone was so full i couldn't even add twitter on my phone oh and so i had to write things down and just hand it to her and just like type her an email afterward uh-huh. or whatever and so i got really good at writing in the dark because she would turn all the lights off and most of the time they would be black and whites and so the the monochromatic 
picture quality would make it just as dark. And so, like, I really couldn't fucking see what I was doing. Uh-huh. But I was like, I think that's the line. <laughs> you know? Um, so I could. I could write in the dark. I just, yeah. But you don't want to. Not really. Yeah. And, you know, you know, the day will probably come where you will do a whole episode over the Batman, but... For sure. Not while it's in theaters right yeah. now. So, um, just go see it. It was awesome. It was amazing. Go see it. Um, great cast, great writing. Matt Reeves, give me at least a trilogy. Pull a Chris Nolan, give us a trilogy. Well, we're for sure getting yeah, a we're getting, spinoff series. We're getting a Penguin series. We're getting a Jim Gordon yep. series. And possibly an Arkham series. Oh, so, yeah. um, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Dude, and Warner just needs to back off and let him let him do it. Let him just do what he needs to do. So far, so good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so go see it. Yep. Um, but sadly, we are not talking about the Batman. So, if you missed our season six finale, we are talking about movies that we haven't seen. Yeah. Um, it's so I'm going to be p- picking movies I haven't seen. Jeremy may have seen them, and vice versa. He's going to be picking movies that he hasn't seen that I may have seen. Which I'm going to go ahead and tell you now. All the movies he's picked, I have none of them I've seen. Cool. Um, or even heard of. Only except for one. Which you gave me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, since I get to start this season, we are starting it with a movie that interested me when I watched it on the uh, the the Criterion videos, uh, you know, in the closet where they have an actor, director, you know, someone. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how you found out about so this. So I found out from Michael Sarah's video. Ah. <laughs> And his eyes, that was the first movie he found. Well, now this makes a lot more sense. <laughs> and all, all he said about the film um, was the, the plot, the, you know, the, the, the main thing about the movie. So we were talking about, um, fuck, I was going to say the, his full name. Nope, just Ozu. Ozu. Yeah. Uh, Future Rain will put his name up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ozu's 1959 film, Good morning. Uh, this is a story about two brothers who decide to be a little defiant in the funniest way possible. Yeah, and you know what's funny about that is that's not really the plot of the movie. It's really not. There's yeah. There's the, the movie and and we'll. I mean, I guess this is kind of a good way to start the episode. Is the movie has. Not really one discernible plot. There's no, about and three. Learning a lot about Ozu uh, for this episode, that's really his thing. Right? Yeah. His, a lot of his themes and, and motifs are not having a main protagonist, not having a main yeah. storyline, not having a full plot beginning, middle, and end. Right? Mm. These, are, these are snapshots of contemporary life in, in Japan. Japan. Yeah. That's what that's what Ozu is known for, um, and so I would compare it to maybe like Robert Altman. If uh, those of you who have seen films like Shortcuts, um, Robert Downey Jr. is that by the way. Oh yeah. Um, and Jennifer Jason Leigh and Tom Waits and Lily Tomlin and. Oh, wait, did you say Jennifer Jason Leigh? I did say Jennifer Jason Leigh. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> there, his films are. This one is. It's sort of not so much like Magnolia where there are lots of of plot lines that merge together. These are just plot lines. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's kind of what Shortcuts is. Um, 
if you've seen it again, Altman is like Nashville and you know, like he does stuff like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was surprised by Criterion's synopsis, which is the synopsis you gave me, which is two brothers, um, take a vow of silence until their parents buy them a television. Yep. Cause that's right? what Michael Sarah said. And I was like, huh? Interesting. Now seeing the movie, I would not describe the plot that way. No. I, I, you know, yes, that happens, but it's it's so much. There's so much more, and um, and I guess we should just start. Yeah, let's dive right in. Um, so we have our we have our characters, and um, don't ask me their names, even though they say them. I yes, they do. I don't know any of their names. It's okay. Um, we have our this sort of like kind of subdivision. Within Tokyo. Yeah, they're in a suburb. And it's sort of a lower middle class suburb. Um, All the families in the suburb seem to be struggling from... Well, not necessarily struggling, but it's it's hard for them to get certain necessities. Right. Uh, Jobs have been lost. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I don't know if this was like a sort of uh, still an economic struggle from the war. I don't know. Yeah, I do I, know. I that, thought about that for a little bit. Yeah. I do know that this is taken from, I mean, this is sort of like, you know, we would have gotten into this at the end, but this is a, a light remake of a silent film. He had done. I uh, was born, but, but right. Uh, but he wanted to set a similar story in post war, uh, mm. Japan suburbs of Japan. Uh, so he in and he already had all the makings right there. So right, had and, to... and so like I'm wondering if, of course, the the culture and the economy and the way people live changed dramatically. I'm sure after World War II, right? And yeah. so I'm wondering if the shift was so much so that he decided, you know, what I have this story. Let's put it in this different time now, mm-hmm. right? And see how it's different, right? It's it's really interesting. Someone who doesn't know anything about that kind of stuff or about Japan or Tokyo. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not really into that necessarily. A historian? No. (laughs) Um, But it's fascinating to me that, you know, things that make the movie are things that you would need to dig a little deeper into. I think if you watch this movie at face value, you wouldn't get much out of it. Um, well, and I did think about that because, you know, when they were talking about the washing machine, you know, and how I do remember this, the mom of the two brothers, Mrs. Hayashi. Good job. That's the only thing I remember. Um, she, you know, she was like, you know, we really want one, but we can't afford it. Right. You know, and I, I had that thought. I was like, what if this is a suburb that has been so affected from the aftermath of World War II that this is the most these people can do. Right. And this is more than 10 years afterward, right? This yeah. is about 15 years, well, yeah. almost, yeah. Uh, afterward. And it's, it's, it's just, it's interesting because I don't, you know, I don't know how long an economic crisis can last, right? And, yeah. And, you know, especially from, to put it in our own personal experiences, here in West Texas, mm-hmm. even the economic crash of 2008 with the housing bubble, 
Mm-hmm. That didn't really affect the Permian Basin. It didn't affect really. Yeah, I don't remember um, because we our economy is set solely on oil, oil and yeah. gas, right? And so if oil and gas is fine, we're fine. And so the housing bubble didn't really matter, right? No, it's weird to say, but it really didn't affect us very much. And so, yeah, um, I don't remember much from that. The period. lasting effects and how long it lasted, I'm not sure because I didn't live it, right? Yeah. So, and this is even if that's what's going on here, right? right. Again, I'm making assumptions because I, I know there is deeper meaning in this, and I know that within the these snapshots of contemporary life, there is a deeper meaning, right? Whether Ozu is, a, you know, intending for there to be or not. Right. I, I know that, you know, with these, these storylines, there's got to be a point, right? And right. Yeah. even if it is just a snapshot of what is life now in the suburbs of Tokyo, why? Right. Yeah. It must be important. And it is important. So I, I, I think that that's really interesting. So let's um <laughs> sorry. Let's dive into the plot. Well that this is why people listen to us so that's they right. can hear us reach. <laughs> reach for the stars. That's yes. what I like to do. Uh yeah. so the plot. So yes. Uh so we're mainly in this suburb, uh this kind of lower middle class suburb. The houses drove me crazy, by the way. How close they are to each other. And the fact that I just couldn't because I'm not familiar with the layout, right? Yeah. And this is Oh, yeah, and, for a lot of people and so he didn't need to establish how how this housing complex is set up yeah or and, and how the everyone just keeps walking into each other's homes yeah it almost seems like the walls can slide right that they're mm-hmm. not just doors that are sliding uh that i've seen in movies mm-hmm. uh but they're like complete walls that can that can get like a breeze through the whole house or whatever and that if everyone in the neighborhood does it there's a beeline straight through everyone's house yeah, you know, it's what it seemed like to me. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense because, yeah. So anyway, so mm-hmm. so we have this community, and we follow these four families. Yes, four or five families. Sure. Um, in this community, uh, and we're following. It's really cool. I, I really like how Ozu does it. We're following the adults and we're following the kids. Yeah. It's not just, you know, everyone's together and we're following these characters. No, we're following the adults have their story. The kids have their story. Mm-hmm. And so with the adults, um, the the adult stories are a little bit more dramatic, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and then the kids are the kids story is a little bit more funny. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's more of a comedy than a drama. Yes, I'm. I in my research of Ozu's filmography, this is the most upbeat and light. And it, it of is. All of them. And it is very because the stakes yeah. aren't very high in <laughs> yeah. the movie. There they're, are there aren't very high stakes. No. Um, no one's being uh, the most is uh, just gossip, which brings us to our first subplot of the movie. Yeah. The the housewives of these for these few families, uh, and their awful gossip chain. Yeah, I mean they have sort of like a makeshift HOA, I guess is what it is. Yeah, that's what I was gathering. Is you know they I have what they called it, but uh, they just call it the, um, the the womanly dues or something like something that. Something like that. And so they have a group leader, a treasurer, and then everyone pay gives the treasurer their dues, which she gives to the group leader. 
And there we go, which would be like a homeowners association. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, that's what HOA stands for. Yes, in case anyone didn't know. Yeah. Um, but what starts this is one of the wives having just a casual meeting with one of the other ones is saying how the group leader saying she didn't get her dues. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but she did buy a washing machine. And so this starts this kind of <laughs> almost like wildfire, as, yeah. as most rumors do, starts this chain of, well, the group leader pocketed our dues and bought herself a washing machine. That's right. Um, and the only person who doesn't really firmly believe this is the treasurer. Yeah. This is Hayashi. She's the only one who's kind of like, well, no, I, I gave her the dues. I, I gave her everyone's dues. I don't think... I don't think she got. Mm. I don't think she used that money to get a washing machine. Yeah. Now, can I can I tell you my least favorite character? Absolutely. Is the group leader. <laughs> uh, is is her. She's the fucking worst. You think she's the worst? I do not like her character. I think her mom is the best. Her mom is the best. Yeah. Um, especially when she's talking to herself. Yeah. I, I love that. But no, <laughs> I, I do not like the group leader at okay. all. Mrs. Um, I don't remember. Mrs. Washing Machine. Mrs. Washing Machine. <laughs> um, yeah, I do not like her because then when she catches wind of this rumor, she believes that Mrs. Hayashi started. Even though she's the one who's sort of defending her. Yeah. Um, and this is when I knew I wasn't going to like her when she goes and to her house and pretty much says, like, you know, you didn't give me the dues. You stole it. Like, and you're starting this rumor. And I'm like, bitch, please. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, so so this is our first subplot of no one knows where the dues went. The Mrs. Hayashi claims, no, I did give them to her. Yeah. Mrs. Washing Machine says, no, you did not. Um, but then we meet uh, her mother, uh, Mrs. Washing Machine's mother. Or we'll just say... We'll Mrs. Dishwasher. Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> I was just kidding about the washing machine. I don't know what else to call her. You're right. You're right. I mean, I could just... Uh, the group leader of... The, no, that's fine. I like Mrs. Washing Machine. Mrs. Washing Machine. So we meet her mom because she... Because uh, they have this local peddler coming through trying to sell uh, toothbrushes, pencils, rubber bands. Stuff. Stuff. And uh, Mrs. Washing Machine's mom just destroys him. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you know what? Here, I'll take a pencil. Let me sharpen it with my own knife. And she yeah. pulls out this giant. Yeah, it was a, that's not a knife. This is a knife <laughs> sort of a scenario. Yeah. And and I just love how he just leaves so defeated. Just yeah, like, he was really okay. upset. Um, but then this is when we learned that actually, Mrs. Hayashi did give you the dues. That's right. I gave them to your mother. And her mother is just a little forgetful and yeah. just forgot. Um, Too busy being awesome. Yeah, too busy being awesome. That's right. Um, too busy <laughs> kicking those peddlers to the curb. That's right. Um, and uh, and again, the, her daughter berates her, just like I can't believe you forgot. You're so senile. Yeah. But this is when I this is when I knew I was gonna like Dude. her mother because her mom's like she thinks she's so important, always nagging, and I was like she is always nagging. Um, and then. She apologizes to Miss Hayashi. You know, I'm so sorry. Kind of a half-ass apology, in my opinion. You know, the whole thing is sort of interesting because it's, you know, 
I guess it shows the mundanity of suburban life <laughs> that, you know, this, uh, that paying dues and misplacing the dues and, uh, what uh, rumors that what people might have done with them. I mean, it's so, you know, in, in, if this were done in America, like in an American sense, it would uh, be the burbs, it'd be the burbs. Exactly. <laughs> and shout out to the burbs. And it's just so funny to me that it, uh, <laughs> that they're just gossipy busybodies. That's, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. Pretty much what it is. Yeah. Right. Um, so well, and and it also kind of ties in to. So this is the end of our first subplot. Ties into the kids' first subplot, which is all of their parents have told them to study, work on homework, don't go next door. And watch TV. Yeah, don't go watch TV. And, uh, you know, these kids are all probably 10, 11. Yeah, except for the little guy. Except for the little guy. Shout out to the little guy. He's so cute. The little guy. Well, and he's on the poster, so. Yeah. Um, And they don't they don't want to go to city. They want to go next door yeah. to their cool neighbor's house. The, yes. The youngest couple. Yes, is, Mr. and Mrs. TV. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Or Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Nightclothes, because they point out that they all, they're always in their nightclothes. Yep. Um, are super cool and will let these kids come over and watch sumo. Su- yeah, sumo wrestling, which uh, was a, a craze at the time. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, I did. I did hear about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then, like, so and this kind of ties in to I think the parents' subplot is while the parents aren't watching TV, what are they gonna do? Well, they're gonna gossip. They're gonna gossip. Uh, as where the kids are like, nah, we're gonna watch TV instead of studying their English. You know? Yes. Um, which I, I, th- I thought that was kind of, kind of interesting that they, outside of school, that they, they have a private tutor to help them with their English. Right. Uh, who, like many other people in this film are struggling with employment. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a job. And so what, what he does is he's doing translations for this other woman. I forgot who the other woman was, but, um, doing translations for her. Uh, for some for some cash, some side cash. Yeah. And then also tutoring English for a side mm-hmm. hustle until he finds a new job. And while also uh, being infatuated with the nanny. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. Is she the nanny or, yeah. the, or is she their aunt? Oh. Because they call what? her auntie. Shit. I just assumed nanny. I think she's their aunt. Oh, okay. Well, then that's fine. Because. Uh, that'll work too. Let's just say aunt. It's, it's easier for that. But. Fine. Well, so anyway. So, yeah, well, so then this is when the movie kind of, I think this is why Criterion said that it's about these two brothers, because the plot then sort of kind of pivots to the Hayashi brothers, mm-hmm. um, because we kind of focus on them for the rest of the movie. Like, we still... You're right. I remember their friends' names. Kozu and Zen. Wow, good job. Um, I don't remember their names. Which one keeps shooting himself? Uh, Kozu. Nice. Yes, and it took me a while to figure out that. So uh, we should also mention that Ozu also put in a lot of fart jokes in yeah. this movie. Uh, because apparently the boys have discovered if you, if they touch themselves in the middle of I the mean, f- it's not, you know, they're just making themselves do it. it it's just a funny game that they're playing. They're, yeah, where they touch in the middle of their forehead, they'll fart. But their friend Kozu, uh, Mrs. Washing Machine's son. Yeah. Keep shitting himself. Yeah, he tries too hard. Um, but uh, but anyway, so we we focus on this is when the movie kind of pivots after we see their 
their English tutor, um, and then them kind of bringing up the whole like farting game, yeah, and how they're eating uh, uh, pumice stones, pumice stones, and he's like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing. That. Yeah, you're gonna die. <laughs> um, but this is when the movie kind of pivots to the Hayashi brothers, um, because they are so in love with watching TV that they want one too. Yeah, of course. And so they, if I'm being honest, they, they're kind of being a little shitheads towards their mom. Yeah, a little bit. Like, mom, buy us a TV. Yeah. And she's like, no, you don't need a TV. And their aunt uh, offers up a good, you know, you're trying to be helpful. It's like, well, why don't y'all listen to it on the radio? And they're like, we would rather watch it. I mean, I completely agree with them. So would I. I would also rather watch it. So. so would I. And after a lot of, you know, back and forth with their parents and their dad threatening to uh, scold them if they, if they don't throw their temper tantrums quietly, the brothers decide they're going to take a vow of silence. And they're, gonna, they're, gonna, they're not going to talk when they're at home or at school. And they're not going to eat until they buy them a TV. That's right. And uh, what I love the most is the little brother decides, you know, if I need to talk, I'll do this. Yeah. And that cracks me up so much. Right. And so, like, even at school, he goes, can I talk? You have to tell me it's okay, you know, if I can talk. And, and I like, love that his teacher's I, like, do you need to go to the bathroom? I don't know what that means. What, what does that mean? And he's just like, poor little guy. And, well, that was, I was laughing. He's adorable. So hard. I'm like, you're going to call on the one kid yeah, who took a vow of silence. <laughs> of course. You know? Um, and, uh, and then this is when, I think this is why Criterion and even Michael Sarah focused on that. Because this part of the plot does take up the most space. Yeah. Um, because then we, you know, we check back in with the, the busy bodies. Yeah, yeah. Because since the boys have taken a vow of silence, they're not talking to anyone. Right. And so now they're, you know, like, well, are they fighting with the other kids? Like, what are they doing? And Mrs. Washing Machine takes it as, oh, well, their mother is actually mad at me. Yeah. For what I said and then didn't accept my apology. It's such like, you know, house mom, you know, stay at home mom bullshit. Well, then, so then, you know, then she goes and she's like, oh, don't, you know, make sure you're, yeah. if you owe her anything, you give it back to her because she's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And then, of course, that rumor mill starts turning and they're just, you know, they're grasping at any sort of explanation of what they have no idea to even think of. They're taking about sounds because they want a TV. Yeah. Because that's ridiculous. Who would think that, right? Exactly. Well, and it also, you know, we kind of, we, it's not really touched on as much, but, you know, a rumor has started about the young couple mm-hmm. that the wife used to sing in cabaret, mm-hmm. which I guess is sort of taboo or, and, uh, which isn't, I don't think the case, but I don't know. Makes she, sense to me. She's but, a total slut. <laughs> uh. Well, I mean, I was going to say she definitely, even the, even her husband, they lean into it like yeah. walking around singing. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we'll just touch on the young couples because yeah, yeah. their arc. They eventually decide, you know what? We're tired of the neighbors here. We're moving. I don't blame them. Neither do I, because uh, <laughs> especially Mrs. Washing Machine. Yeah, Mrs. Washing Machine, dude. Like, mind your business. You know? I know. She's... But of course, like that's the whole that's the whole idea. It's like, of course, everyone's going to be in everyone's business. Yeah. What do you do all day, right? I mean, this is you know, if you're there. All day, every day. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's in everyone's business. If your houses are basically conjoined, <laughs> you know, which it seems to be the case, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but what I love the most about the movie and one of the other kind of subplots is um, Zen's parents that anytime his dad farts, his mom comes rushing in. Yes. Did you call me? Did you call me? No. Yes, that did. That did make me laugh. Um, yeah. So many fart jokes. There in were this. a lot, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it, the, I feel like it added to the charm of the movie. Um, so, okay. So we kind of touched on two of, I think, the three. Well, there was probably about four, I'd say, subplots with the adults. Mm-hmm. The third being how most of the dads, when they head out to go to work, actually go into the local bar. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, drinking their sorrows. Yeah. And uh, some more than others, uh, you know, Mr. T. I, I do know his last name starts with a T, so Mr. T. Not confused with. Oh, my God. Um, uh, B.A. Baracus. Now, hold on. Now, isn't Mr. T. <laughs> uh, more like Mr. Teeth. Good Lord. Uh, yeah. Uh, isn't he married to uh, the woman? She's one of the busybodies, right? Is she yeah, she's like the, the one. She's the one who kind of starts the movie when she's talking to yeah, that's Zin, what I yeah, uh, yeah, to Zin's mom about like, did you hear? She bought a washing machine. Yes. Okay. Cool. 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 Okay, that's what I thought. So that's who he's married to, and they're like yeah. next door or whatever, because he yeah. get, he's in the wrong house. Yeah, he ends up in um, the Hayashi's house, and he's like, oh yeah, thanks for house sitting, and then. That's Mrs. So Hayashi was like, your house is next door. And he's like, that's right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which sort of plays into the, like, the the fact that they, like, all live in, like, one community. Like, it's not, yeah. like, it's not so much a neighborhood as it is, like, a commune. Yeah, you know? that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's basically, yeah. Is that it's just, it's just one big... Just, area that's right it's one big house essentially basically um but uh but then we have the subplot of their english tutor kind of falling in love with the hayashi's aunt aunt apparently i did not catch that the first time i want to say the subtitle said auntie and And i'm sure you're right and i feel like i read somewhere where it says that she's their aunt i assumed nanny nanny but she only shows up at night though you're right you're right i don't know I, i have no excuse I was wrong. Filthy and, mouth? No yeah, excuse. Yeah, filthy mouth, no excuse. Finding a place hanging the snooze. <laughs> uh, okay. Rest in peace to Chris Cornell. I know that's the wrong person. Let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, we're starting off season seven with a bang, dude. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> so back to the Hayashi brothers. I've not gotten to any of my notes so far. They're uh, over after. Um, so back to the Hayashi brothers. So they, they've really taken this vow of silence very seriously. Yep. They're not eating. They're not talking to anyone. Um, but it's, it's taking a toll. They, uh, they, they finally get to their breaking point and, uh, they decide to, and I get it. They don't want to see, they don't want their mom to see that they, they're breaking and finally eating. Yeah. So they take some cooked rice and some tea and they go somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> away from their home, yeah. so they can eat. Yeah. And um, again, love the little brother oh, he's when so he's like, cute. when when the older brother's like, "Hey, do you want some tea?" And he's like, "Yeah." That made me laugh. And so he's like, just like, 
I was uh, Haley was there at that at that time. Uh-huh. As it did you see, he goes holds his hand out. <laughs> I know, as were the older brothers being smart and he's pouring it into the lid and yeah. drinking it. The little brother's like, no, 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 just yeah, in his hand. That it's adorable. That kid's adorable. Yeah, he is very yeah yeah yeah. Well, then they decide <laughs> that they want some sides with this rice. You know that's right. And uh, they get they get kind of found out by the police. But then, uh-oh. Uh-oh. They go missing. They run away. They don't, no one knows where they're at. Oh, no. And I love how no one's really, people are concerned, but no one's like, like, it. Like no one's like, oh, my God, what do we do? I would say the parents less so, because the parents are just like, they haven't even left their house yet. I know. And other people are like, hey, man, we got to find these kids. And they're like, ugh, do we have to? Almost like, <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Um, Which made me laugh also. But the uh, the English tutor finds them. They were at a bus stop watching TV. Um, because these boys love TV. They love TV. And Ken says to blame them. I do too. And to their surprise, when they get home, their parents bought them a TV. This movie wouldn't, I don't think, have been good if they came home and their parents are like, all right, you're grounded for life now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, And what... I liked the the way the way buying a TV is presented, right? Mm-hmm. A friend of theirs finally got a job being Mr. a salesman, T. right? Being a salesman. Yep. Um, but not a terrible one like the other two. Um, I mean, but I did, I did love how he subtly was like, "Yeah, look at look at the catalogs, oh, you know? You want to buy something?" Yeah, but and they're like, "You know what? To celebrate your new job, we should buy something." And then I'm like, "I bet you it's a TV." Yeah. Fingers crossed, the TV. And yeah, and they and they bought a TV. They from bought him. a TV. And I, I, what I really love is the brothers are so excited that they're in their room and they're like, they're like, yeah, we got a TV. And their dad's like, hey, keep it quiet or I'm gonna return it. And I love that the little brother is like, he's lying. You, you can his face gives it away. Yeah, and you know he's just trying to, <laughs> he's picking on him. Right? Yeah, which I like. You know, I, I like that they're having fun. Yeah, and. Um, and that's good morning. Yeah, it's basically good morning. Now I now we can get to my notes because the notes is all you know analysis. Um, <laughs> what I liked about what you said at first was we have the adults and we have the kids, mm-hmm. right? This is on purpose, right? Yeah. We are comparing and contrasting adult life and the life of being a kid, a kid, right? Yeah. And of course, that's part of the. The Hayashi, 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 yeah. Hayashi brothers' argument is that you know you don't want us to talk so much yet. All the stuff you guys talk about is nothing. It's nonsense, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's good morning. How are you? How's the weather? Isn't it great? What are you doing for dinner? It's all bullshit, right? Yeah. Um. So I thought of a, a you know this this is not the first time I've thought of that, mm-hmm. right? Um. Years ago in college, I oh did you go to college? I did. Um, uh, I did, I had individual therapy for the while. All right. And Uh then my credits, I, you, you have so many that Uh you can use, right? Your tuition only covers so many, uh, therapy sessions. And so then once you do that, you can do group therapy. And so I decided to do group therapy and well, I didn't decide, um, (laughs) your therapist decided, yeah, my, uh, yeah, my therapist decided (laughs) that you should try group therapy. And I said, okay. 
And this guy brought up, I'm sorry, this person, I, I don't want to give anything away. It, it's not like you'll be able to find him. I don't remember his name. But he had brought up this this point that, you know, if you think about it too much, it would drive you crazy. That small talk, I mean, he hated it. He despised small talk. Uh-huh. He hated the fact that people will talk about nothing just to be polite. You know what I mean? Just so there's no, like, silence. I guess, right? It, it's like, you know, he would rather you not say anything at all than to almost pretend to be interested. Right. In speak, right? And okay. I, I was like, if you thought about that too much, it would drive you crazy, and I guess it does. Um, you know, it, that's how his depression manifested itself. And I thought that was really interesting, and it was, you know, it's sort of like that's what these kids are seeing right this Mm -hmm. is how they're viewing the world in that sort of with that lens of yes you guys are being friendly but you're saying nothing right yeah um which i liked i I liked that that um that insight that these kids had well and it's funny that you bring that up first because then at the end of the movie when they get what they want yeah they kind of go back to that that's right you know when they Asked if Kozu or Zen had already left for the day for school. They're like, "Good morning, ma'am. How how are you?" Right. Has has Kozu left yet? No. Okay, we'll wait for him. You know, and it's just really funny that that was their argument, and now they're doing of the course. same thing. Right. And you know, with the kids, they have their own version of good morning, which is the farting game, which is the putting your finger on their forehead and right. Mm-hmm. It, it's, that's their version of good morning. Yeah. Right. Um, that's their greeting to one another, which is, is a fun juxtaposition between, you know, the polite good morning and this very <laughs> silly, you know, farting game. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's interesting that Ozu, decided to compare and contrast these two mm-hmm. uh, views on life. Right. Right. Um, what I also found extremely compelling was the way he frames his sets. Right. Yeah. Of course it's static shot, very mm-hmm. reminiscent of songs from the second floor. Right. Shout out to our um, songs from the second floor episode. And season five. I don't know. Uh, you keep track of that. I don't know. Pretty sure it's season five. What he does, and he does this a lot. Again, I did a, deep dive video on Ozu today. Um, was it like a 16 minute long video? Yes. Did you watch it? I, that was the one I started to watch and okay. then someone came in. So I paused it and didn't get back to it. He layers his scenes. So there's always something in the foreground and which is why I think this neighborhood is set up in a way where there's lots of entry doorways with something mm-hmm. on the side, right? There's something in the foreground. There's something in the background. And of course people are set in the center. And it, it layers, right? But there's also something that I wrote down that I thought was fascinating. And let's see if I wrote it on which piece of paper. Because <laughs> um, I need to be able to say it right. And I wrote it phonetically so I'd be able to do so. Aha! Um, the uh, tatami shot. I'll explain. I don't know if you noticed. I certainly did. Okay. Every shot is low to the ground. Especially inside. If, yeah. they're, if they're in a home, it's low, right? Yeah. This is to um, simulate 
someone sitting on a tatami mat, which is oh. what uh, people sit on in Japanese homes, mm-hmm. right? And no one sits in chairs, right? They all sit on the ground um, mm-hmm. on mats, and those are tatami mats. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I hope I am. Uh, and so, and he does this in a lot of his films, or in all of them, right? Right. Where it's to to show this contemporary life to show these snapshots of regular life mm-hmm. um why not put it at an angle where you would be sitting right um, yeah that makes sense and and i like that he keeps things center in the frame and what's more fascinating is the the shots that linger right mm-hmm. so he will never cut someone off right right if something is happening the camera stays on until it's over. And even a little bit afterward, we will see someone exit a room. We stay. We cut to another room. It's empty. And then they walk in that one. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing is ever taking place off screen. No one is ever going to be already in a room. We will always see someone walk in it. Right. Okay. Which I think is fascinating because he's really is capturing real life. Right. Yeah. We're, He's leaving nothing to the imagination. We are not... Uh, he isn't... He's letting everyone do what they need to do until it's over. Right? Yeah, that make, I mean, that makes sense. Like, when, when we see the kids watch TV and they call to the Hayashi brothers to come over, we follow them from their bedroom to the front door, yeah. get their shoes on, leave, and then we follow them to the neighbor's house, Yeah, walk in the front door, take their shoes off, and start watching TV. Right. And even in the there, he doesn't like to do POV, right? Okay. Um, meaning, sorry. Uh, if those of you who don't know, POV is when uh, a shot is taking place from a character's point of view, which is what POV stands for. Um, so through their eyes, right? Right. Instead of that, we get inklings of that, but it isn't true POV. So uh, it's more reminiscent of Silence of the Lambs, where we get the straight to camera, mm-hmm. right? But in where that is legit POV, right? We are literally looking through the other characters' eyes as the characters are looking into ours, right? Reference in, Buffalo Bill with the night vision goggles. Right. In in this case, it's not really POV, but the the shot reverse shots, they're dead center in the frame, but they're not really they're not looking dead in the camera. Sometimes they do, but most of the time they don't. They're looking off to the side and a lot of times their eye lines won't match up. Right. So it's, again, we're, we're getting just a different perspective of this conversation without it being POV, right. Right. Without it being shot, reverse shot POV back and forth. Right. Right. Which I think is very interesting. Uh, again, keeping things dead center in that frame. He really likes that. Yeah. I, I was, speaking of the technicality, I was immediately in love with it. After the credits, you know, after the opening credits, mm. I I was in love with the framing, and especially the music. Yeah, the uh, music is. Great. I I love this sort of like kind of cartoony. It was very. It reminded me a lot of like early Looney Tunes. Yeah, like real early. Um and 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 you know and I I did love that there wasn't a lot of tracking shots that it was all static, mm. um, and it felt. And maybe this is just doing this podcast for almost three years. Three years? I almost. Yeah, three years. 
Um, you know, we, it's... You wouldn't think about a movie that was made in 1959 having this sort of style, you know? Almost, almost like a movie that would be made in the 70s trying to copy a style, you know? Yeah. And, and it just it felt so personal, too. I agree. Very intimate, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's part of what that that direct to camera single shot sort of is, right? It's intimate, right? We're we're getting into this conversation, and we're we're you know settling on one person at a time, right? You know, again, without it being POV, but it's it's getting more intimate with the conversation, right? Getting more mm-hmm. intimate in the space and in in the world, right? However, with it being without it being POV leads the viewer to still be disconnected and still be, you know, a, a spectator Mm. instead of a active participant, which I think is really interesting because he, he doesn't want you to be a participant. He just wants you to be a spectator. He wants you to, uh, to watch, not to be involved, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of reminiscent of shout out to before sunrise. Yeah. Um, that one especially, you know, felt like we were getting access to a conversation that we shouldn't have been a part of. Right, 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 right. You know, and very similar to this, especially with the adults and all the gossip that goes on. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, you know, it's funny that we're saying the, you know, we're, we're, we're making these connections because, you know, with most gossip, it's between two people. That then spreads to you know someone someone else saying something and and so on and so forth. And so yeah, you know it was just very intimate and very yeah. And I just, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. It was such a cute movie. It is cute. And uh, you know, being a movie that neither one of us had seen. Yeah, you know, no, we both I'd... had. We both went into fresh with fresh eyes. Yeah. Um. So. I did want to say, I really liked a lot of the line delivery. Everything felt very, I guess, natural. You know, it didn't feel overacted or underacted. It just felt very natural in, like, some of the conversations that were taking place, or even you know, to the little brother, like, oh, yeah, give me some. Yeah, you know, it, it felt just. Cute. Very natural, you yeah. know? Because a little kid would probably do that. A little kid wouldn't think... Like, well, you have the lid. I need the lid. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm thirsty. Right? Right. And it wasn't hot tea, Fucking so. cute as shit. I'm telling you, man. I love that kid. Yeah. I wanted to put him in my pocket. Well, too bad he's probably an 80-year-old man now. Or something. No, he wouldn't be that old. But I understand what you mean. It, 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 it He would be in... In his very early seventies, I would assume. Yeah. Um, Why well, he was still that cute? I'd like to think he still is. <laughs> I'd like to think he still is that cute. I hope you know. Yeah. Uh, I think. Um, the kid was also in another movie because uh, I looked him up, and he was in. Um, High and Low. Uh, really? Yeah. And so we'll see him again. Spoilers. Uh, this season. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I am. This is a, this is a cool start. Yeah. Uh, to this. 
um, to this whole uh, experiment of let's blind watch. Yeah. You know these films. Um, in most cases, I mean, in mine, you know, I it will be you know for both of us yours. Yours I've seen been some. more so for me. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen some of yours, but. Um, I'm excited to to see what this season brings and to finally watch some of these movies that have been gathering dust on my shelf. Absolutely, for, yeah, same here, man. For, like, forever. And the, and this is a good excuse for me to finally see movies that everyone has uh, told me to watch. You, yourself, my mom, you know, um, or movies that like I've heard nothing but fantastic things about. Right. And you know, and so um, before we give our tease for next week's episode, so. This season, unlike last season, the theme of being strange films, these movies may range from comedies to maybe dramas to... Horror in some cases. Horror. I know mine, almost all of them are almost dramas. Yeah. Uh, very serious dramas. Yeah, I got... I have some of, I have some dark comedy in here. I have some horror. I have a silent film in here. Oh, yeah. I have some experimental stuff. I got yeah. So I mean, it it really does range. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in no particular order. I don't know what order. Oh I'm yeah, yeah. Some. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know what I'm gonna do after your episode. Because honestly, I wanted to do one, but then it became the norm. Now, because of the Ukraine incident, um, mm. that people are like, well, I'm gonna watch this movie to remind myself of the horrors of war. It's come and see, by the way. And I'm like, well. So many people did it, and I thought that they were, they all thought they were having an original thought, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and so many people did on my on my TikTok feed. I follow a lot of collectors, uh, film collectors, and they were doing the same shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to save it for way later then. Because uh, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon. I can't do that. Yeah. And we're not really a bandwagon podcast. Not really. If we were, we'd have more followers. <laughs> That is that is very true. <laughs> oh shit! So You're Jeremy, right? so Jeremy, yeah. What are we going to talk about next week? Then? That's a good question. I'm looking at my list. I think <laughs> I thought you would have had that like ready to go. You know, I think I do. Okay. I think I do, and it's the first one on my list. Uh, don't look. No peeking. So uh, next week is gonna be a tough one. Oh shit! Uh, not so much emotionally, just intellectually. I think it's gonna be really hard. Okay. Um. Uh, next week we are doing a uh, a film adaptation of Le Carre's uh, John Le Carre's novel Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Dope. Um, so it's gonna be really hard because um, I swear to God I've never seen it, which is half true. I have tried watching this movie three times. Didn't you tell me you fell asleep? No, I get thirty minutes in, and I said I missed something. I am so lost. And so then I tried it again and I'm like, fuck, I don't know what's going on. And so I was talking to my buddy Shep at work. Uh Um, Shep is my 73 year old friend at work. Uh, He's amazing. We talk every morning Um, about movies and Uh he is super into John Le Carre. So if you've seen the night manager, which was an AMC miniseries, little drummer girl, same thing. Spy who came in from the cold, a most wanted man. These are all John Le Carre adaptations and they are complex he was a legit cia <laughs> really yeah um i wouldn't say spy but you know he was in it and so, so he knew some shit with his knowledge and with his you know 
with his knowledge of how the system works, how espionage works, it's so complex and so detailed that when he writes it down, he's not spoon feeding you, which I like. Yes. But also, it's very intimidating. At the same time, you're like, just give me... It's like, ah, you got to give me more than that. Give me just a little bit. Yeah. So I have the book on Audible, and I tried that, and I'm like, holy shit. Oh, my God. (laughs) The the miniseries in 1979, it's with Alan Guinness. Oh, shout out to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, Alan Guinness plays George Smiley, who um, uh, Gary Oldman plays in the movie. Uh, the the Blu-ray mm-hmm. in the DVD comes with a glossary. So it gives you terms and people and their definitions and who they are uh-huh. so you can follow along because it is that Jesus complex. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited. I love spy stuff. I love Gary Ullman. And this one is stacked um, oh, yeah, with, man. with stars. I, man. I didn't realize that Benedict Cumberbatch was in it. I didn't realize that Tom Hardy was in yeah, it. Yeah, man. Colin, my boy Colin Firth. Yep. Shout out to our single man episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited too. Cause like, I remember seeing the poster for this and hopefully future rain picked the one that I'm thinking of the one where it's like all the words yeah. and you see Gary Oldman like adjusting his glasses. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing that poster and I was like, yo, what is this? Yeah. And then I just never got around to seeing it. And I remember hearing nothing but amazing things yeah. about it. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should, see this movie yeah and then i still just never got around to <laughs> yeah. seeing it so again this is why we're doing this this season so it can force me and also you to finally watch these movies yeah so yeah man tinker taylor soldier spy next week don't miss it please watch it beforehand <laughs> let's uh, go so yeah so we hope everyone has enjoyed this opener to season seven good morning and we will see you next week for Tinker Taylor, so we're spot.